Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where Nick is my Neil Armstrong. I'm Patrick Mathers, the pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship in Chico, California, and where we are currently sitting and recording, Grace Baptist Church in Orville, California. And I am Nick Roberts, a uh, uh, member of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship, and that's about it. Occasional attender of the building of Grace Baptist Church. I am here right now. <laughs> and you have occasioned it before. Um, like six different occasions. Yeah, see, on two you're, you're a regular occasioner. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give me a title sooner or later. I just did give you a title. Yeah, You're my Neil Armstrong. Oh yeah, that's right. Why am I your Neil Armstrong? Yeah. Neil, do you Neil. know why? You want to know why? Uh, do you want me to guess, or do you want me to? Just, yeah, give a guess. Because uh, I am taking the first steps <laughs> towards. Uh, no, I don't know. It actually has nothing to do with him being the first man on the moon. Oh, since we you were reading his autobiography. Did go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I am reading his auto, his uh, not autobiography. It's his authorized biography, though. Um, so he was very involved in it. Um, but here's the thing: is he, in his own mind, saw himself as engineer first before everything else. And even in the '70s, so not long after he went to the moon, he wrote a letter to his friend, extremely frustrated that they were still calling him the spaceman instead of an engineer. And even up until the very end of his life, he wanted to be an in, known as an engineer first. Really? Yeah. A point yeah. of pride to be an engineer, was, I guess? Huge, huge point of pride. That's what he went to school for at Purdue. That's what he wanted yeah. to do was be an aeronautical engineer. And lots of other things fell into place and got him to the moon. And wasn't happy with but it. But he, he, he certainly was not, uh, it wasn't his primary source of pride. Uh, I'll say that. Which is kind of wild. That is pretty wild. <laughs> that he was the first I one to walk on the moon. And he's like, quit calling me Spaceman. Dude, I'd milk that <laughs> yeah. for all it's worth. <laughs> I'd drive that truck into the ground. <laughs> I don't understand that. Neil what? Armstrong now confuses me. Dude, he's an odd duck, man. Oh, yeah. It makes sense now. Dude, he's weird. Uh, <laughs> weird maybe isn't the right word. Odd is the yeah. right word. Weird, weird can be good things. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, no, it, it's. I've never. I haven't read anything yet that makes me not like the guy, but it definitely makes me think Neil Armstrong is not. Would not have probably been one of my friends. Um. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have been friends with him. Yeah, but this is we would have had different friends. This groups. is coming from the guy who can make friends with anybody in a room. I could, but not this. But guy. do they last? <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I, I could absolutely make friends with him and want talk with him and be pals with him for a party or two. But I think there'd come a time where just I would rub him wrong and he would just not be at all concerned well, with hanging out sure with me anymore. would for sure call him Spaceman. Dude, 100% I'd yeah. call him Spaceman. Yeah. 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 And he I'd wouldn't. slap him on the back and stuff, and he didn't He didn't like that kind of, uh, <laughs> those kind of physical gestures mm. of affection. I struggle with physical gestures of affection. Do you? Yeah. Neither here nor there. Like what? Like a hug? I hug you. Or like I slap you on the back. Not hard. I'm not one of those guys that's like, bah! 
you there know, are those guys. I'm not that guy. Uh, no, there are people like uh, uh, like our good friend Ryan. He gives hugs to everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't give hugs to everybody. Right. I struggle giving hugs to everybody. Nobody's asking you to, Nick. That's a good thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not freely given. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of um, th- things that made us the way we are... <laughs> I don't want to delve into uh, why you're not a physical toucher yeah. or hugger <laughs> or uh, whatever that may be. Um, what event or events? No, this isn't no. about you. No. Oh, it is going to be about it you. It will be about both of us. It will be about both of us. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to talk about the things that have influenced us the most in terms of pop culture Oh, okay. Uh, matters. I was not aware of the pop culture matters. Well, sure, because we're talking about books, a book, a song, a TV show, a movie, and then a fifth bonus, like whatever. I'm sure we... Right. You can add a fifth thing in sure. case there's a fifth thing. I w- uh, yeah, okay. Because there's always like an honorable mention, right? When we're doing these things, there's something you want to add, so we're the fifth one is what you want to add. Mm, okay. So let's go back and forth. Let's start with uh, what I- is the book that has influenced you the most okay besides so, the bible yeah yeah we don't want to have any jesus jukes we don't um so at first when you brought up the five things in my mind came to the book charity and its fruits by jonathan edwards because mm-hmm. uh, i uh, in terms of my faith that book uh had a lot of influence um influence in, in under in i guess having a good grasp of grace and mercy and being like a servant leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like influencing or uh, influencing my life in general from pop culture, it well, would not I, be cherry in its fruits. Okay, okay. It's not pop All right. Culture, that's fair. So. I, I meant by pop culture, we're going to talk about songs and movies and that. Mm-hmm. But I, I meant things that what, what influences us? What's a major influence, a major stepping stone for you being who the person you are today? In terms of a book, so yours would be charity. And I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is. So there was a short stint where I was uh, in my in my pride trying to make a point at work about people getting to work on time, and I was <laughs> taking my scooter to work. <laughs> yeah. And I took the bus a lot because yeah. you can't ride your I scooter remember. all the way. And uh, I read Charity and Its Fruits while I was on the bus, and I remember sitting on the bus on my way to work, and reading something, and I can't remember where it was, um, but it just dawned on me the level of pride I had. And the lack of charity I had towards my wife uh, when it came to doing the dishes. Uh, so simple. Uh, uh, but something, something flicked in my mind, and uh, I then felt more obligated to do dishes. Yeah. Despite my pride. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards is an interesting fella. He, uh, he, he got out there in the weeds a little bit, mm-hmm. but boy, some of the stuff he says is extremely profound. Um, I've been helped by him, but not to the point where I would put one of his books at the top of my influential list. Sure, sure. Um, He's easier to read than some of the other contemporaries of his. Uh, For me, um, can you guess what my book's going to be? You probably could. We've started it together. Oh. Well, I'm I'm just going to The Foundations of the Christian Faith. Okay. By James Montgomery Boyce. It is a good book. Yeah, really good book. For me, what it did is it took, 
it was a point in my life where I was already in um, theological and a mental transition. Do, do you gonna keep that binger going? Ah, uh, the laptop. Curse you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like a monster with the binger on. I only say that because Joe called me a monster because I had my dinger on one day. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't yeah. know where we're going with this. Man. No, I don't know where All we're right. going Back with to anything ever. Um, <laughs> almost ever. Yeah, it was a point in time I was uh, transitioning. And I picked that book up because I'd read his book on grace. And it was so clear and so um, like concise to the point of make a point, boom, make a point, boom, make a point. And, and it all seemed so logical, well-written, well-structured, that I thought if I'm going to actually get through a whole systematic theology at once, then this might be the good place to start. And I did. And um, so for me, it was very helpful to get my theological sea legs, I guess, and um, get me reading in a way that I hadn't read before and thinking in ways that uh, about things that I hadn't thought before. Um, it's a really easy to read book. Easy to read book. Very approachable. Um, even though it's huge. But it was originally four volumes and mine's just a big one volume edition. Right. Um, and I refer to it all the time. If I have a theological question, that might be the first place to go, even though he's Presbyterian. But um, I'm probably going to pick that book up first and see what he had to say about it and then go from there and read all kinds of other uh, people. But James Montgomery Boyce is a huge influence. Mm. He died from cancer a little young, but... Um, just because I'm getting close to that age, I'm going to call it a little young. <laughs> but yeah. All right, so that was books. Books. Was the next one uh, we talked about? Movies. Why don't you start with the movies? Um, so I am going to uh, say the original Star Wars, 1977. That's what I was going to say. I don't think you were. And I'm dead serious. That's really? what I was going to say. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched those uh, when I was six seven and eight oh, i had okay. a friend josh palestrini uh -huh. in elementary school okay and i would go to his house all the time and we would watch them all the time oh. i watched him probably close to 100 times yeah i probably have too yeah so i'll change mine then uh but i will tell my little story yes is that, please tell it. so it's the one of the first my, maybe my first formative memory was sitting in the back of my parents dotson hatchback at the drive-in movie theaters and we watched A New Hope with the back of the hood open. Mm. And I can still smell the smell of the heater and the carpet. And I can feel the kind of grainy wool blanket that I had. And it, for me, like, like formed so much. Like, I'm still a huge Star Wars fan. Is it, was, know, was it a specific uh, part of the movie that you recall the most? Or was it just that? Oh, I can recall it all. In fact, I can, like, there was a couple of scenes... Now, uh, what I don't remember if it was in the very, very, very original movie that was in the theater at the drive-in, or if there's, I somewhere saw this after the fact, but there's this one scene where Luke is talking with his buddy Biggs, who shows up later in the movie, mm -hmm. but they're on Tatooine in the beginning of the movie, and Biggs is going off to the academy, and Luke's kind of salty, and then he goes back to Uncle Owen and is like, hey, I think I want to transfer to the academy this season, and then they have that fight, and... 
you know, it leads to buying the droids and or after they bought the droids anyway. So mm-hmm. anyways, I'm going to relate. You're just going to start going through the whole movie. <clears throat> yeah. No, Luke Skywalker. I can't tell you how many times I laid in my bed. I reached my hand out and tried to like Luke <laughs> and Empire Strikes Back make things come to my hand. Yeah. Oh, man. I did that quite a bit. Yeah. I so uh, do I get to pick a different movie then? Can or can we have the same movie? We can have the same movie. All right, good. We have the same That's movie why we're then. friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was good. It was really good. All right. Uh, next one. All right. Let's, let's pick a different movie. Since okay. we got since we got the same one, might as well just we don't have to talk about it much. Okay, um, you know what? A very influential movie for me early on was Dead Poets Society. Mm. Now that's Robin Williams. Robin Williams yeah, okay. was his first I remember serious role. Okay, um, and then Ethan Hawke and um, one other real famous guy. I can't think of his name now off the top of my head. Anyways, a lot of people came out of that movie. Sure. Um, so now I would not subscribe to the philosophy of the movie necessarily, but I remember it being so formative and it was basically, um, in my mind, like uh, stick it to the man, like challenging all the pre- preconceived notions and live life with uh, gusto and mm-hmm. suck the marrow out of the bone, like he quotes that one uh, poet. And uh, that really captured my attention in my uh, late teens and early 20s. And even as a Christian, I still, um, I guess, had some of those sensibilities for a time. Um, still a good movie. I went back and rewatched it, and it, it's still a good movie. But, um, yeah, the philosophy, I may, I certainly would. I mean, there's an aspect of the philosophy that has some merit to it. It's just taken by itself to an extreme. Well, it, it maybe... Um, it's the worldly nature of it. It's, you know, we, we have common grace. So we all have the the understanding of God and we all have the understanding of his character and his attributes. And so there is something to be said for living for the day and living for joy and passion and living a life to the fullest. But the, the problem is when the world takes that over, it translates into sex typically um, and just the pleasures of the world and hedonism. Yep. Yep, hedonism. And we would say, well, we want to find our pleasures in God because that's where God finds his greatest pleasure in himself. For sure. And so we would want to find our yeah, greatest pleasure in him. So that's where I think I would deviate from the, the hedonism that's, yeah, espoused in that movie. Cool. Uh, my other movie, I would probably... Uh, it's probably just one of my favorite movies, and I have watched it a lot. And it's called Catch Me If You Can. Oh yeah, uh, with DiCaprio. Yeah, and I thoroughly love that Hanks. movie. Yeah, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I really liked the movie when I was a kid. Did you like it because he was so the Leonardo character was super clever and he yeah. got to be both a bad guy and a good guy. Yeah, the 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 cleverness and I I uh, I'm uh, it's not always a good trait to have, but I question people's motives. And the incentive behind those motives a lot. And I felt like he just, the character DiCaprio plays is just a guy that can see the incentives and can exploit them. And <laughs> was able to, uh, with his charisma, uh, not people not let people see the motives he had. Yeah. And if, yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's why I liked it. All right. So what's the next one? We have movies. Do you want to do a TV show or a song next? Oh, uh, let's do a TV show. Okay. 
mine for sure is Lost. Oh, wow. Lost is the single most influential, most formative TV show for me ever. Now, does it hold up? Um, there are certain seasons that for sure do hold up. Um, the problem is uh, during the middle of the run, there was a writer's strike. And so season four, the end of three, four is notoriously bad. Hmm. Um, but one of the things is for me, the reason it was so formative is because of the great story that it was. But also it was the first time where you could really have this interaction with the show. The internet was kind of coming into its own. And so you could go on there and find other little tidbits and the, the, producers actually filmed all kinds of other side story things that if you went to these websites and unlocked these Easter eggs, you could see these other little bits and stuff. So was There's it formative because of the engagement you got to have with it in like yeah. a virtual sense? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it was more immersive than anything else than you, you had before. It wasn't just you watched Watching Star TV. Wars and you had action figures to play with. Right. It was, you were actually kind of a sort of little part of the story because you're going and unlocking these things and doing these puzzles and figuring things out. Was that the first and primary introduction you had to the internet and like no. engaging with it? No. Oh, okay. No. Gotcha. Um, but well, one of the, and one of the interesting things, it was one of the first times I was listening to podcasts regularly is the producers, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse had a podcast and I can't remember the name of their podcast, but they basically just talked about the show and broke it down. And that's kind of where you found some of these little internet bits that you could mm -hmm. go and mm -hmm. discover and stuff. Um, but if you listen to it, especially from the very beginning, you knew where they were going. And so the end wasn't a surprise to me at all. And it made perfect sense in light of the entire show. And so there were some people who were just like gobsmacked at right. the end of it. You know, how could they do this? Oh, this is just... <laughs> shoddy writing and you know it's like no they it, they had that vision from the very beginning and granted you 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 couldn't tell that until there was much more of the story being revealed but you you know I listened to him the whole time and I started going oh uh, oh oh and then by the end it was pretty obvious what they were doing hmm. and I loved it still love it today I remember that was the first tv show I was allowed to stay up late and watch oh, in middle school yeah I, uh, Dude, there's some spicy episodes in that show, there too. There were, as yeah. a middle schooler. I oh, yeah. Like, uh, this is awkward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some racy bits, and there's yeah. some, a I lot of it, violence. I think it started at 8, and then, no. No, nine. 9. I think it started at yeah. 9 on a Wednesday nights because we'd race home from church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so my bedtime was 9.30, so we were able to stay uh, up and then stay up till 10 to watch it. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little surprised your mom and dad let you. Watch yeah. that one. Well, there's some other things I let us watch. Huh? Uh, yeah, okay. You know. All right. Some other things I didn't pay attention uh, to me Speaking watching. of other things that you watched, what was oh, the show yeah, for you? Oh, yeah, TV show for me. Uh, so I am not a fan of TV shows all that much. Um, so I don't really have a formative TV show. I have the TV shows that I grew up watching as a kid, like mm -hmm. Fairly Odd Parents. That was my jam <laughs> as a kid, Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. Was it formative? Yeah, how was that formative? Probably not. Okay. Probably not formative. Maybe in the sense of humor. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got for TV shows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes to like entertainment value that I, yeah, nothing's formative. Really? Uh, not for TV shows. Wow. Yeah. It's, I wonder if this is our generational divide here. 
because you said you were in middle school when Lost was on, and I was I had kids and sure. I, I, when it first came out, I for sure had Mariah and Faith. Might have even had Abby at that time. So you know, just that gap. I grew up watching TV. You know, mm-hmm. Duke's Hazard, A Team, all the you know, yeah, cool I, kid shows back then. And so you didn't. So I wonder if that's the difference here. I grew up playing video games. Yeah, did not watch TV. Played a yeah. lot of video games, like. I think I had my Nintendo 64 when I was five. Oh, yeah. Was GoldenEye your jam? Um, no. Star Wars Rogue Squadron oh. and Star Wars Pod Racer. Oh. Those are my jam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Pilot Wings. Oh, I played a lot of Pilot Wings. I tried. So we got a Nintendo Switch, uh-huh. and then we got the like Nintendo add-on or whatever you get for it, and so you could play those old games. I played Pilot Wings, and it was just god-awful. <laughs> Gosh dang it. But the it fact that that was entertainment. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So, yeah, I don't get anything <laughs> for TV, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, what's the next one? Songs. 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 Does it have to be a song or can yes, it be an artist? A song. Um okay. So formative, not your favorite song. Yeah. Formative song. Okay, I'll do one. Yeah, you do one. You're I, thinking. Um for me, this is by no means a favorite. I gotta qualify that. But for <laughs> me, the most f- formative song perhaps is from Duran Duran. And it was Please Please Tell Me Now. Which is fine pop song, but at the time it was the first time I realized, oh, I like music, and I like music different from my parents' music. Mm. So I think it was eighty two or eighty three. So I'd have been like ten, nine or ten when it came out. So pretty young still. But I listened to an AM radio station called the Mighty Six Ninety out of San Diego, or maybe it was even out of Tijuana. But um, anyways, so they played all of the new alternative stuff and that song was just like for me like oh i got to figure out who i am musically Mm. who do i like and from there it was like all kinds of things opened up okay okay with that in mind because i when i think about how a song has been transformative or formative for me um what probably comes to mind was and i can't remember exactly what the name of the song was but it was by uh death cab for cutie okay and the song might have been Grapevine Fires. It was one of their albums, I think. And that was the moment where throughout high school, middle school and high school, I listened to, uh, quote unquote, man rock. So like a lot of mm. uh, like Nickelback was part of that man mm-hmm. rock scene. Um, There's a, um, a band called Godsmack that I really liked. And the S- Death Cab for Cutie was one of the first artists I listened to that I could start a, like appreciating music that was not man rock because it was only man rock for like five years yeah and then that was probably one of the first times where i was like oh i don't i can like this and then i started listening to more indie indie rock sort of stuff cool anyways that's about it i'm gonna go listen to that today yeah yeah i mean i haven't listened to very much death cab for cutie yeah but i mean I enjoy it's it. been on a playlist or two over the years sure, sure. yeah yeah anyways what's, who's your favorite musical artist um, it's a toss up between, can I give a top three? You can give a top two. Uh, Smiths that. and the Stone Roses. Oh, okay. Are the two bands who, um, are still my favorite and still are probably the most formative in the way I think musically. Hmm. Yeah. And my favorite song is by the Stone Roses and it's called Fool's Gold. Funny story. One day oh. we were at dinner with some people and... We were going around the room asking, what's what's a song that describes your marriage? 
And I said, oh, fool's gold. <laughs> and I meant because it's the best song. That it's my favorite song. <laughs> and everyone laughed and laughed because I said our marriage was fool's gold. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. Yeah, it was, yeah. They didn't get it. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It made for a good funny moment, it too. Did. So I had, to, I had to laugh at it. Because funny's funny. Funny is funny. funny. <laughs> Some people don't like it when things are funny and they're the object of the humor. Yeah, I get that. And there have been times and moments where I've been like, don't make fun of that yeah, about me. But me too. The rea- for the most part, you know, you, you got to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And you've got to take yourself really lightly. Right. And everything. I think funny's funny, even if it's like off color and weird sometimes. And yeah, it's I, I still want to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's bring it to the. Oh, wait, you didn't. Yeah, we did. We're we did. there. Yeah. Okay. So our fifth one, let's do that. What's. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be funny. No, I do want to do funny. Okay. So for me, one, if you want to know my sense of humor is going to be Nacho Libre. And honestly, it is even in one of my top five favorite movies. It's a, it is Dude, fantastic. Fantastic. It holds up well. There's so many quotables. I, there's no moment in that movie where I couldn't sit down and watch the rest of it and thoroughly enjoy mm, it. Okay. You know, most movies have a dip, right? Yeah. Like it's uh, in the beginning and then dips in, during the second act or maybe the third act doesn't hold up. Man, Nacho Libre mm. all the way through holds up for me. And I laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've seen that stupid movie a hundred thousand times. No, not a hundred thousand, but a lot. So the last one is, is a humor aspect I don't one. Know. Yeah, um, sure. What makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Uh, so when it comes to humor... I grew up uh, with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that that's probably a great <laughs> definition of my sense of humor. I think so. Maybe not. Uh, I just thought of like three lines and all of them I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love from the, uh, two from Happy Gilmore and one from what's the one where he has to go back to school? Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yeah. yeah. I had a VCR or not a VCR. Uh, what were they? VHS. VHS. I had a VHS of that movie, and ended up breaking it. Yeah. From watching it so much. The first DVD I ever bought was Better Off Dead, which is a comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Matthew Matthew Brock, is it? No, it's uh, John Cusick. Wow, how did I forget that? John Cusick, and it's pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, all right. Let's just get to know a little more about us. Still? No, I mean, that's because nobody... Oh, people yeah, because yeah, people you. don't know me. That's right. And people who've I been listening to this for a while knew Brian, and we've done a couple of episodes sure. like this with him. Sure. Yeah. But these were different questions. Like, I don't think we've talked specifically about those things before. Okay. I, I know I've mentioned a couple of them, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, tell us about you. <laughs> <laughs> you can, Oh, well, so our episodes are on, pod, on Spotify. Oh, they now? are now? Yeah, and okay. so you can actually engage with the podcast by commenting on it oh cool yeah so that's nice to know tell us your favorite i didn't stuff. know that i knew we were on the other places but what are the other places apple yes we are podcast. on apple and we're just on other podcast switch apps. i don't i mean we're on overcast, overcast fountain fm or whatever yeah there there are generic podcast apps and then there's spotify and you have to like subscribe your podcast to it so i did that so we're on there yeah. and people can engage with it so they can tell us what their favorite Formative book, uh, movie, movie, song, song, and TV show, TV show, and what makes you laugh? And what makes you laugh? 
to. <laughs> I don't know what to say now. So many things are making me laugh in my uh, head right now. Anyways, um, we're glad you listened, and we believe that you belong. 